Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is the first of two parts of Perfection of the Visionary Courier by Al Song who is a musician, writer, and polyglot. The Red Kangaroo was an editor for the novel CCS by Taganar. Al has been published in a dozen anthologies, including Fang 8, Roar 9, and Tales from the Guild World Tour. Perfection of the Visionary Courier was originally published in Foxers or Bear Reefs by Armoured Fox Press, and you can find more of his stories on Fur Affinity and So Furry. Today's story will be read for you by Dirt from Twitter.com. Please enjoy Perfection of the Visionary Courier by Al Song, Part 1 of 2. I gently nudged the throttle forward and smiled as I scanned the shimmering waters before me. I then checked behind me and made sure the boxes in the back were still secure. Turning back to the bow, I noticed a large river otter walk down to the edge of the dock. He was tall and had such thick, muscled arms flanking his chubby belly. The best part about this was the fact that all he wore was a turquoise and navy speedo. There was a lot of bulge in front of me, and I hadn't been this happy in a while. During the summers, I normally saw guys in swim trunks or shorts around Lake Pasante. But whenever I got to witness such a perfect sight, I would always take time to smell the roses. My heart stopped, or maybe it was beating so fast that it felt like it was doing nothing. Nevertheless, I had blood pumping to regions of my body that only helped to distract me, so I was probably still alive. He waved at me, and I felt my ears and cheeks warming up. I was facing the sun, so looking towards the river otter helped abate the pain in my eyes. He was shouting and jumping up and down as he pointed towards the water, but it was tough to hear him over the roar of the engine. It was also difficult to break my gaze away from the flawless stud before me, but I managed. I then noticed a fleet of deer to my right, slowing their boat down and a couple young bucks jumping into the lake, right in front of me with their parents gesticulating angrily as they pointed at me. Tourists, the bane of my existence during summer, when it actually became sunny in western Washington. I had a few choices I could make in this moment. I could do the proper thing of decelerating at a safe rate, turning my steering wheel to the right, and potentially crash into the tourist boat and damage both vessels. I could yank the throttle back, keep heading forward, and probably slice up a couple of young tourists. The last option was breaking hard, turning to the left and crashing into the dock while only damaging my ship. It was an easy decision. I yanked the throttle back and quickly turned the wheel to the left. I heard a loud thud and my muzzle slammed into the dashboard above the wheel. Are you okay? I heard a deep baritone voice ask as I heard some yelling and crying in the background. I know first aid I can help. Ugh was all I could groan in response. I coughed and saw a few specks of blood spackle onto the dash. 
I looked up at the big otter kneeling on the boat with his paw out. I think I'm okay. Give me some rope and I'll tie it down. I was in pain, but I think I was getting harder as I listened to him say, Tie. After he got the boat docked, he reached for my paw, and I realized my boat wasn't bobbing in the water, and yet it was really close to the shore. That probably wasn't good for the underside. He asked if I was able to move, and then he helped me onto the uneven planks of the dock, and I sat down frowning at the large dent in my boat. I pulled out my phone and was thankful it was all right. The Imperial Seal case kept it waterproof and shockproof. I called the Jones residence and let them know what happened and that the delivery would be delayed. They were shocked and worried for me and asked if I needed a lawyer. I then called my boss and he asked me the same thing. At least I had boat insurance, so that was nice. The river otter ran back huffing and puffing as he brought back a small first aid kit. He pulled out some cotton bandages and told me to hold it against my nose. All right, I just want you to sit upright and tip your head a little forward. Only breathe through your mouth. He unwrapped a conical surgical mass and stretched the elastic band, fitting it around my muzzle and to the back of my head, keeping the cotton at the tip of my nose. Thank you. You've been so kind, I said in a muffled tone. Of course, he said kindly. It's what any good person would do. Hopefully I can get that dent taken care of. Your health is more important than your boat, he said, putting a paw on my shoulder. But I need it for my job. I didn't realize being a courier would be this dangerous. It looks like danger's got you excited, he said, smiling brightly at me. I immediately crossed my legs and put my paws over my lap. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all right. I like cute coyotes. I feel like my face could have melted off at that moment. I take it you like these? He gestured to a speedo. I nodded, staring down at the dock. It's all right. You can look. I designed them. I drank in the sight before me as I noticed him slowly getting a chub. Was this why you weren't paying attention to the water? I nodded again. Here, I'll get you a pair for putting you through all this trouble. And here's my card. He gave me a business card with a number on it. But first, let's get you to urgent care and make sure you don't have a concussion. Can you walk? I think so. I got onto the dock. The otter grabbed the keys from the ignition and handed them to me. He also grabbed the package and the boat so no one would steal it. I stood up and I was grateful the walk-in clinic was just a few blocks away. I don't know how he walked through town wearing just a Speedo, and a few people gave him a strange look, but most of them ignored us. I checked in, waited, was called back, told I was fine, and checked out. I was thankful I was still on my dad's health plan. We walked back to my boat, and I got back to work. I also thanked the otter for everything. My boat was still functional, and after I got the package to the Jones, I put his number in my phone. It wasn't until later that I realized the other boat had left, but at least I had a witness. Hello? I heard the river otter's deep voice. Hey, uh, this is Milton? The coyote from earlier? The bow captain, right? Yeah, 
And you're, you moved into the Eichel's house, I presume? I'm sorry, uh, I never got your name. I'm Cliff Eichel. I'm their son. But they were water mink. It was a half question and a half statement. I'm adopted, the otter said. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It's all good, Cap, he said quickly. Well, I guess we're sort of neighbors. I mean, I'm just a few houses down from you, and I was wondering if... I didn't know how to phrase the rest. Yeah. After a few more pauses, I asked, If I could get you dinner for helping me out? You're so adorable, he giggled. At that moment, my core was shaken, and everything went off-kilter within me. Hesitantly, I asked, Does that mean... It means yes, he said softly. Do you know any good places around here? There's a pretty good Japanese restaurant nearby, I suggested, feeling my heart pounding. Sounds good. Shall we meet up at the dock? That dock? Yeah, he said, and I could hear his grin through the phone. Sure, and, uh, give me just a few minutes. Sounds good. I'll head out soon. I changed to my short sleeve button-up shirt, and of course the fifth button was straining against my belly. I then wrapped a tie under the collar and panicked for a few minutes, since I couldn't get the knot straight around my neck. It was at a slight angle, and I tried to tug the collar down more to try to hide it. I then threw on a pair of khakis and my best brown loafers. I stepped out the back door and saw the otter in shorts and an open shirt with a graphic tee underneath. He waved at me from the dock, and I started jogging towards him. You ready? Yeah, I said, smiling up at him. We walked a few blocks through the small town of Lake Pasante. He admired the little stores with the dulled signage as we made our way through the cracked and uneven sidewalks of the downtown area. I always wondered why the town and lake were named the same thing, but the other towns and cities surrounding the water were bigger. Soon, we arrived at the restaurant, and I'd always felt like Wabi Sabi Wasabi was an incredible gift to the town. A large kangaroo seated us and then handed us our menus. When I sat down and put my forearms on the table, it rocked a bit. I don't know why I always get a wobbly table. I really hope I didn't upset anyone, I said, frowning at the furniture. Come on, I'm sure they're not out to get you. Yeah. Maybe all the tables are wobbly. A scroll hung on the wall next to us, and it was crooked, so I tried moving it a little, but it kept going back to leaning slightly to the right. Here, let me get that, the waiter said as I felt heat rush to my face. He moved the scroll slightly until it was finally centered. I then stared nervously at the table, and Cliff gave me a reassuring look. The otter opened his menu and scanned its contents. But I already knew what I wanted. Are you going to have something with fish? I'm vegan, he said, still looking through the menu. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a vegetarian, and I shouldn't have presumed. Cap, you don't have to apologize so much. All right, I said and smiled up at him. His t-shirt had all these fountain pens and a grid across his torso, 
but one near the middle was snapped with ink flowing out of it. Admittingly, it was also nice just looking at his pecs. You like my shirt? Yeah, it's really nice. Where'd you get it? I designed it a long time ago, he replied. Maybe I should have dressed up a little more. I also haven't been on a date in a while. What? What? I froze and stared at him. I mean, I... It's... <laughs> you don't want this to be a date? He asked and cocked his head. I do. I want to date you. I just... Well, it's settled then, he smiled warmly. It's a date. I didn't realize putting on a tie would make it that obvious. I think pitching a tent while ogling my crotch was the thing that gave it away. Heh, <laughs> yeah, I squeaked. I'll stop picking on you, but it's so much fun to watch you get all flustered. You're not the first person who said that to me. If you don't like it, then I can stop, he said gently. It's fine. There are people who say that because I'm a coyote, I should be witty and clever. So maybe it's something I need to work on. They say that about gay guys in general, too, but it doesn't mean you need to follow stereotypes. I like that you're sweet and real. By real, do you mean awkward? I asked. No, it's a nice change of pace from most of the people who I've known. There are the big, tough, insecure doms who want to show off how strong and hot they are. Then there are the clever guys who try to outsmart one another with sharp tongues, and sometimes they just say hurtful things. You're not like all these people who act arrogant and excuse their bad behavior by saying it's just confidence. Maybe I just need something to actually feel confident about. A lot of people like confidence, but I think modesty is sexy. Well, if you're into self-deprivation, then I guess you're in for a treat. I chuckled, but Cliff just gave me a concerned look. Uh, yeah, I also haven't been on a date in forever. Have you had a boyfriend before? Yeah, I dated a guy for two years in college, but before graduation last year, he sort of left me for another guy. He said he felt more like a parent than a partner in our relationship, despite the fact that I drove us anywhere, did most of the chores, and made sure he had a place to live. He said that without me, he probably would have been homeless, but I guess he's right. I complain too much. I don't think you do that, Cliff said softly. It's also noble of you to help him out. I guess, but I could have used that grant money for my senior year to pay for my loans instead of spending it to live near campus with him. I commuted from home to Seattle during my first two years, and it was fine. It took like 45 minutes each way. Didn't mind. Ugh. And he always hated it when I brought up something from the past. But he broke up with me out of nowhere and told me I was making him unhappy with all my complaining. If it bothered him so much, then why didn't he say anything? I then paused for a bit as I felt tears welling up at the corners of my eyes. I'm sorry. I, I know I shouldn't be talking about exes during a first date. I brought it up, so put the blame on me, he said reassuringly. It sounds like he wasn't a very happy person, and I've had something similar to that happen to me, and my ex even admitted he was being selfish. Yeah, I just... 
feels so used. Cliff held out a paw and I took it in mine. Of course, with the universe's perfect timing, the waiter was back. The kangaroo brought us water and took our orders. We both got veggie delights and caught green tea. I ordered extra neary for us, since they made some of the best I had ever had, despite it not being sweet whatsoever. If it's okay to ask, why'd your parents move out? They moved into my sister's house since she recently had twins and asked them to help, he said and took a sip of water. The house is all paid for, so I have to worry about our bills. That's one of my fears. Inheriting a house? No, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to afford a house, or a new car, or even to rent an apartment on my own with all the debt I'm in, I said, looking at the chip in my ceramic cup. I don't even know what I'd do if my dad couldn't make mortgage payments anymore. Like, I thought I did everything right. Get good grades, go to the University of Pacific Northwest, and never get in trouble with the law. But now, I make about a dollar over minimum wage, and I don't know what to do to move up in the world. I'm tired of feeling useless. I'm just gonna be stuck floating around. And I know they say you can't change the direction of the wind, so you just need to adjust your sails. But I'm really struggling. Well, you've got a motor in your boat, he said gently. You got a degree. I guess that's true but I'm still not sure which direction I should travel in. What'd you study? I'm a classics major with a minor in art history. I thought I could just become an admin assistant or perform some sort of office work with my degree. But that hasn't really happened. You could still achieve that goal, can't you? I'm not sure. I've put in so many applications, but either I get rejected or they never get back to me. Haven't you received any interviews? He asked. I got two this year, so I guess that's something. Maybe that's something I can help you with. Why would you help me more? I've been in your position before, and I know it's not a great place to be. I want you to succeed, he said brightly. After college, I was aimless, and I felt like no one was there to help guide me. What did you study in college? I majored in design at Alpkai College of the Arts, but I couldn't find any work after I graduated. I then went to West Seattle Community College and took a couple courses in marketing, and about a year later, I was able to work in an advertising firm. Back then, I definitely had my self-confidence tied to my accomplishments, and I needed validation from others to feel good about them. I was such a perfectionist those days, I think it's what held me back so much. A part of me was too proud to go to community college, but it's what ended up helping me the most. I definitely feel that way. My stomach churned a little. It's like I know how I feel about myself shouldn't depend on how other people react to me about my job, but I still really hate it when I tell people that I have a bachelor's degree and they ask why I'm a courier. When old friends ask what I've been up to, I just try to change the subject. I used to help with hiring for the design department, and I'd sit in on the interview panels with HR employees, so I could definitely take a look at your resume. I thanked him and said, I really hope I can move up in this world. What do you do for work now? 
I started designing swimwear many years ago, and I was mostly selling them to sex shops as forms of gay lingerie with my full-time job. And then I began creating both mainstream swimwear and the gay stuff at the same time. And it wasn't until a few years ago when I was able to sustain myself on my designs, he said with a grin. Now, I'm my own boss, but I also live in a house that was given to me. Now the extra money goes to my Roth IRA. Can you also help me with that interview stuff? Sure. Usually a question that we'd ask often was something along the lines of, what have you done that makes you look impressive at your current job? Huh. Well, it was their idea to do a boat version of the ride app, and I helped out by numbering each dock instead of just having the satellite feature. It seemed to be focused on roads, so it would make the passengers look like they're many yards away from their actual destination. Hey, that's definitely something to add. That shows you're a problem solver. Our food arrived, and we happily ate the rolls, tempura, and edible accoutrement displayed before us. When we finished, I ordered matcha green tea ice cream, and the otter ordered zenzai, both of which we devoured quickly. After dessert, I said, I hope it's not too far to ask, but... What's up? He asked, and cocked his head. I want to know if it's okay if we, uh... Can I check out... Your designs? You mean you want to go back to my place and fuck? He asked, and I immediately looked around me, hoping the staff members didn't hear him. He smirked at me, put his paws behind his head, and then leaned back in the chair. Uh, yeah. Sure, I'm up for that. Cliff unlocked the front door, which revealed a large pool that led into a hallway. Have you ever been in an aquatic house before? Yeah, a few times. He had a gallery wall filled with paintings and movie posters. The wall on the opposite side was dedicated to images from what looked like fashion magazines and sewing designs. We stepped in, and he began closing the blinds. I took my loafers off, walked over to the clear water, and dipped my feet in. Cliff undressed, showing off his bare torso, and I wrapped my arms around myself as I looked up at him, admiring his strong arms and big belly. Are you doing okay? He asked, just sitting next to me. Am I going too fast? No, I just... It's been a while. And you're really handsome. And it's just that... Only one other person's seen me without anything on. I think you're extremely adorable, he said gently. So I'm sure you look amazing. Thank you, I said quietly and looked up at him as we smiled at one another. Let's go a bit slower then. Okay. Cap, I really like you. Even though you only just met me today? Yeah, I think you're incredibly sweet. And I just worry that because I'm 38, there might be some hesitation from you. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, or like I'm taking advantage of you due to the age gap. It's not that. I'm 23. I'm an adult. I really like you too. But I'm not exactly at the same weight I was a couple years ago. I like how you look. I wish I were skinny so that the tops would actually want to be with me. 
I think you're beautiful, he said reassuringly. Really? I asked quietly. Why would I let you come into my house if I weren't attracted to you? Can I have a kiss? Of course, he said, lifting my chin, and then our lips met. I felt his tongue lapping against mine as we moaned into each other's muzzles. He pulled me closer as I put a paw onto his pack, and reflexively he flexed it for me, which led to blood flow moving into my loins, and suddenly I felt pressure in my underwear. Cliff then suddenly broke the kiss. How you doing, cutie? I'm good. No, I'm better than good. Would you prefer to keep your clothes on as we do this? He asked. Would that make you more comfortable? There was a part of me that wanted to scream yes, but the pressure against my pants wanted to be released so badly, and there was another part of me that was curious to see if I was still attractive to others. No, it's all right, I said as I undid my tie. Would you like help? He asked. Sure, I replied, and he began unbuttoning my shirt. Thank you. You're welcome, Cap. It's no problem whatsoever. We worked quietly, and once they were undone, I put them on the edge of the pool. I took a breath and removed my undershirt. You look amazing, he said, and I felt my face warming up immensely. Thank you, was all I could reply with. Since we're at the pool, I wanted to see if you could try something on for me. Oh, uh, well, maybe I could see what it is first? Sure thing, he said, and stood up showing off the bulge in his shorts, and I became rock hard at that moment. He then removed them, revealing his speedo, which made me leak a couple drops of pre. He then dove into the water with incredible precision, but I braced myself since I thought he was going to splash me. He rocketed through the water, resurfaced at the end of the hallway, and opened up the door. He then had something folded in his paw as he swam back with the object above the water. I think you'll like him. He handed the cloth to me, and I opened it, revealing another Speedo. One side of them was thinner than the other, giving it an asymmetrical look, and one half was a bright lime green, while the other was a cool cerulean. You can change in the bathroom if you like. It's the first door on the right. I walked around the pool and entered the bathroom, which smelled like cherries and sandalwood. He had two curtains on his window. One was of a beach with palm trees, while the other was of the mountains and a lake, but it was longer than the other. As I took a deep breath, I dropped my shorts and briefs freeing my boner as I stepped into the speedo. The material felt nice and silky on my paw pads, and when I pulled them up, it showed off my sack nicely, but I had difficulty getting my cock into the pouch. Eventually I got it in and looked at the coyote in the mirror. He was chubby and short, but the speedo was nice and looked great against my fur. Though, it did seem a little off since I was pitching a tent and it was pointing a little to the side. I then walked to the door and took another breath. Stepping out of the restroom, I saw him sitting on the edge of the water, gently kicking his legs in the pool. So this is what perfection looks like, 
he said, smiling at me. You look so stunning in that. It hugs your rear nicely, too. Huh. Thanks, I blurted. Thank you for modeling it. Cliff then swam across the room and admired me up close. Care to join me? Sure thing, I said as I sat on the edge and slinked into the warm depths. I hope you don't mind that I didn't shower beforehand. It's all good. I've got an automatic cleaning system here, he said and pulled me close. I rested my head on his shoulder as my leg brushed against his hardness, and I felt my own cock jump at the feeling of his desire against me. My paw felt its way from his upper back to his chest, and then down between our bellies. Can I go lower? Yeah, definitely, he said as he rubbed the small of my back. May I? Yes, please, I said and felt him move his paw down to grope my rear. Mmm, he moaned and began rubbing his hardness against my leg. I felt my way down and cupped his massive package. You're so big. Yeah, I am. He kissed me deeply again and then moved his grip from my butt to my wrist and placed it under the elastic of his waistband. The thickness of his length was incredible and warm as I felt it jerk and jump in my paw. His balls took up so much space in my grasp as I gently worked them. Cap, this feels amazing. Oh, Daddy. I moaned and then froze at the words I just uttered. Uh, I'm so sorry. You don't need to apologize, cutie. You can call me that if you'd like. Okay, I said meekly with a hot face. Can I, uh... You know, uh, taste you? Of course. Let me do some modeling for you. Cliff climbed out of the water and fixed his speedos as he flexed his biceps for me in different poses. You want to see what he looks like? I nodded in the water, groping my own package. He turned around and pulled down the speedo, showing off his massive cheeks as he lifted his large, heavy tail. He then whined his stance and revealed his hefty sack, and I could have came at that very moment. The big otter looked back at me and grinned as he said, If you want to suck me, then come and get it. I paddled over to him, but he turned around and put his speedo over his crotch, and I whined, wanting to see how big he was. Cliff lowered himself and sat on the edge of the pool, dipping his legs back into the water. Get your face in there, cutie. I nosed the Speedo, and it smelled like salt and musk. Open up and give it a taste. I did, as I was instructed, and he placed it in my muzzle. I tasted the salty prey in the Speedo and felt my own cock spurt a few drops. His cock was impressively thick, and it curved a little to the left. I could see a little of his glands peeking out of his foreskin as two heavy balls hung below his enormous member. I took the speedo out of my muzzle, and my nose went right between his balls as I lapped at them, and I grasped his thick cock and began stroking him. Ah, oh, that's the ticket, cutie. 
I pulled his foreskin back and wrapped my lips around his bright, leaky cockhead. Swirling my tongue around his sensitive glands, I then worked his sack with my other paw. It was amazing to taste his pre and to hear him panting in pleasure from above me. I then started bobbing my head up and down, letting each paw work on each of his peaches individually. He then leaned back and asked me to hold on for a second as he slipped into the water floating with his cock up in the air. I then continued my ministrations as his tail went between my legs and he put his paws behind his head. I began to bob faster as I felt him begin to buck into my maw. Soon his seed flooded my muzzle as he moaned and growled. I lapped up his salty essence and smiled up at him. That was awesome, Cap. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, I said as I began groping myself again. Come on, let him free, he said, and I pulled down my speedo under the water. You know otters can see underwater, right? I knew that. I was still a bit embarrassed, but it felt great to let my cock breathe, despite it being underwater. I know I'm not the biggest. He submerged himself and grasped my cock and balls. He began playing with my knot and shaft. You're plenty big, Cap. He kissed me on the snout and dove back down. I suddenly felt his muzzle around my cock. I grabbed his shoulder and shook it a little. What's wrong? He asked as he resurfaced. Do you not like getting blown? Usually, I do the sucking. Like, you're a big handsome top. You shouldn't have to do that. Are you telling me your ex never sucked your dick? Well, no. I want to reciprocate, and you deserve to know how good it feels. You did an incredible job. He was so lucky he could see everything under the water while sucking me off, along with the fact that he could hold his breath for so long. He put his muzzle around my cock, and I gasped at the feeling. The water itself was warm, but his muzzle was even more so. He grabbed each of my cheeks and pushed me into him. I rested my arms on the edge of the pool as he worked me, and I could feel the pressure building in my groin and torso. He held my balls with one paw, and squeezed me behind my knot with the other. I wanted to last longer, but I knew I couldn't hold myself back. I cried into the air as I consciously bucked and twitched at the sensation of my cock, spurting my essence into the big otter's muzzle. He resurfaced and kissed me as our essences mixed between our lips to create a sweet and salty concoction of pleasure. This was the first of two parts of Perfection of the Visionary Courier by Al Song, read for you by Dirt from Twitter.com. Tune in next time to find out how Cliff and Milton's relationship progresses and the sexy way in which the otter helps the coyote come out of his shell. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.com or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.